Hello and welcome to Around the ACL. It's me, Michelle Thompson, here with Anthony Ione and Trey Ryder. Trey, we're so happy to have you back. You guys did so good without me. I just make, I may quit. You guys can have the show and I'll just, uh, hey, before, I'll, I'll before just go be a regular say, guest on Borderline, I guess. Before we say so good, let's do a quick, did you hit record, Trey? <laughs> yes, I did okay. hit record. All right. Yes, I, good start. I heard that was an issue, Michelle. <laughs> I heard that was an issue that you had to uh, fight through, not hitting the record button. Uh, nothing but love. I hit nothing it. but love. I just yes. didn't know I hit it. <laughs> <laughs> it was confused. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be clear, it wasn't me. Uh, no, I'm glad you had a good vacation <laughs> and much needed. You work way too hard. So I'm glad that you got some time to yourselves with you and your wife, Shelby. It looked like a blast. Uh, so you went to enjoy some beach time, some Disney time? Yeah, a little Disney, but mostly just beach. So just sat on my butt on okay. the beach and did absolutely yeah. nothing. Yes. Um, I stayed pretty plugged in. I stayed pretty plugged in, though. I mean, I can't not, like, completely, like, disconnect. But I did I did as well as I possibly could have. Um, but it was – it was it was a good time. Just kind of relax, eat some good seafood. I love good seafood, so that was that was good. Mm. Oh, that's the Thompson special right there. Vacations where you do absolutely nothing. That's how I roll. Um, <laughs> so, thankfully, we finally had some awesome cornhole this weekend. I felt deprived. I got so excited yeah. on Friday when the live stream started. I was like, "Yes, we're back!" <laughs> so, um, we get to talk about Rhode Island, and that was super fun to watch. I'm going to start with singles. We had the, our singles winner of Ryan Smith, which was really cool to see. Uh, definitely not, I don't think, what everybody was expecting, considering what we talked about last week. Uh, second, we had Mike Ferreira. And third, Cheyenne Renner and Jacob Trzinski. Jacob Trzinski being a show-out player, I think, this weekend. But, Trey, what are your thoughts on our singles winners? Man, how about Ryan Smith, right? I, I mean, I was genuinely happy when he won. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just felt like, because he had never won a, a tournament of this size. He had been so close so many times. But when you talk about his win last year at a shootout, you know, it was a shootout. It's 30 players, great players. It was outside. So it's like, well, he won the outside tournament, right? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Pro Invitational, it's like, well, he won a Pro Invitational where he got Cheyenne Renner as a partner, right? Like, it was all these things where it's like, yes, but, yes, but. And finally, Ryan Smith just just finished, right? And he had to do it taking down Mike Ferreira, who was so good this weekend. I mean, he impressed me so much. He continues to get better. He's one of the most unique players, I think, in the Pro Division that – has been in the pro division for a while, but just continually gets better and better. And I think he's he's poised to continue to make some deep runs in, in pro singles events at some of these nationals. I think at times, Cheyenne Renner was who we saw at the World Championships last year and at Winter Haven at times. Wasn't able to get across the finish line. She had a 15-4 to lead over Mike Ferreira in her yeah. semifinal and just couldn't get it done. But... There were stretches where she just looked locked in. I mean, I think it was Steve Dericki. The first time I really got to see him, I saw his name on a lot of brackets over the past few months, but I kind of felt bad for him. He was on a big run. Then he runs into Cheyenne Renner, and Cheyenne Renner does, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to put the tw first 28 bags in the hole in the game in the hole. I mean, just 
when she gets in that type of rhythm, she's just unbelievably good. Jacob Trzinski, I think really what just hurt him is the layoff in between when he won his bracket and when he had to play his first game because it was a completely different player. He was a dominating player in singles, just had too much of a layoff. I mean, the game with Ryan Smith lasted seven rounds, seven rounds. Yeah. So gave up an eight to start the game. I just, just wasn't him. So I'm kind of throwing that out the window, but for the most part, kudos to Ryan Smith, Cheyenne Renner, watch out if she can play like that in that bracket play at the next national, that's going to make her a contender. Trzinski, don't worry about the ending. And Mike Ferreira. Hello, Mike Ferreira. No doubt. Yeah. I I was shocked to see that from Trzinski because I thought the day before he was just lights out. Um, so shocked to not see him finish there at the end in singles. But Anthony, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So, I mean, if we just talk about singles in general, I mean, always seeing the same people in the top five or 10, it just isn't going to happen in every tournament. I mean, Matt guy is an exception, right? His consistency is kind of on another level, but just to give you a good example of some of the singles players in the pro division, we have Doug Zaft, right? He made it to the finals at nationals. Number one, then he finishes 37th at the next nationals. You got Dylan Turpin who came out swinging in Vegas, taking third and then takes 105th in Atlantic city. So this open wasn't an, was, wasn't an exception. I mean, Jimmy humans was the favorite coming in. He was super hot. He finished 17th in his bracket. So I'm not worried though about Jimmy humans. I mean, he's certainly leaving Rhode Island pretty pissed, but if we kind of flip that over, you know, you, you're talking about a Ryan Smith or a Mike Ferreira, um, you know, two ACL captains. They were elite last year, you know, completely off radar until this open, both making the finals, you know, showing that they're contender, contenders in the sport. What was pretty crazy for me was I was watching the Smith-Ferreira finals, and at the same time, my kid had the, the Nuggets-Warriors playoff game on. And what was happening was, like, almost identically synced. You know, Ferreira was down on Smith. He's coming back from this de deficit, and I'm overhearing the commentary off the TV, and it's like, the Warriors are coming back on the Nuggets from this deficit. Freaking uh, Curry hits this three-pointer to cut the lead. I shit you not. At the same time, Ferreira hits this airmail and he's like cutting the lead on Smith. And I'm like, wait, what's happening here? It's really, really weird. But um, ultimately, Smith was just simply hot the entire tournament. He didn't give up more than 11 points all day until Ferreira put 14 on him in that final. He ran bags really, really well with the best of them. And he's using this role selectively and effectively, both offensively. And defensively. So he's kind of ending up in these stacked positions, which is really good from a de uh, defensive position. So congratulations to Ryan Smith. Misha, I did want to send a closing shout out, though, to Hunter Thorne. Yeah. I mean, this kid is working hard. I mean, he at one point he was th throwing 35 hours a week to improve his game. And he takes down his bracket ahead of players like Noah Wooten, Storm Hogue, Justin Stranger, Samantha Finley, all in his bracket. A solid dude. Uh, he's always been great for me. And um, so strong work to Hunter. Well done showing everyone that you're still a threat to watch out for. Absolutely. Let's roll into our doubles. We had Storm Hogue and Jacob Trzinski take first. Jimmy Humans and Tony Smith take second. And then Tubby and Tyler Cobb in third. And Mike Ferreira and Berkeley Pair also in third. Trey, what are your thoughts on our doubles? <clears throat> Yeah, uh, Storm Hogan, Jacob Trzinski, I think, reaffirmed that what happened in Las Vegas was not a fluke. 
and they were just flat out really good. Jacob Trzinski was nasty. I mean, absolutely nasty. If you look at his statistics, he had a high eight PPR, but the DPR was almost two. Whoa, it was one point seven seven. Okay, one point seven seven DPR across the bracket play, which means. He was holding opponents to sub seven and a half PPRs. Now, wow. I'll say that let's let's get all the let's let's get all the you know caveats to that. Yes, were were some of the conditions playing sticky? Of course. Was he not playing in a pro field? So some of that could be inflated by some not great talent. Yes, fine. I'll give you all that. But at the same time, that shows you how high level of control that he had to continuously score around congested holes. So he was blocking, getting around, rolling, leaving eights on the board, nines on the board with his opponent having to settle for sevens, sixes, and an eight here and there. So he's doing that on a consistent basis. And that's why I think he was the most impressive uh, player uh, in doubles on the weekend. And and, and rightfully so, him and Storm get the win. Um, I thought everybody, I mean, Humans and Smith, we thought it was like, are they going to finish first or second, right? We knew that they were going to be there at the end with how talented that they were. Um, I think just a little bit of an off weekend for Jimmy Humans. I'm not necessarily worried about it. Again, I think board conditions played a factor. The only open this season in which not the ACL boards that have been played on all year long are going to be there. So take that with a grain of salt, that they weren't playing on the ACL boards that they had been playing on. So all of that factored in. Um, I thought that the right two teams were there at the end. And I thought Tyler and, and Tubby Cobb made a really strong statement saying, we're back, we're here, we're ready to play again. Ready to be back in these conversations was really impressed and happy to see them there at the end, at the end too. Definitely. Yeah. Anthony, what do you think? So, I mean, pretty much chalk. You mentioned the Cobb brothers. Uh, they made a deep run as expected. The OGs, Hudson and Kitchen, uh, made a good run. I expected more out of Stranger and Spees, but they still made a decent run for and pair in the bracket finals as they should. Ryan Smith threw great bags the entire tournament with an unknown partner, at least to me. Um, and I kind of expected more out of Thorne and Soprenit too. I've really been pulling for them to pop off this season. But ultimately, we got the finals we talked about in the episode last week, Mish. We said... Mm-hmm. Tony Smith, Jimmy Humans versus Storm Hogue and Jacob Trzinski in the open number 10 doubles final would be fire. Well, guess what? It, it wasn't. <laughs> it was not it was fire. Not. Yeah. That, that so, um, <laughs> but Smith and Humans, they just couldn't get it going. Issue number one, chronic case of the left. So for a style of game like Tony Smith, um, a case of the left is pretty common and it's got to be controlled. So Tony throws... A back-tilted, throwing-hand-side tilt. And this is why his cuts and his rolls and his lifts and his bounces, all those fancy shots, work really nicely into his play. But, you know, when baggers are off, they find themselves consistently left. Um, I mean, he threw outside arm, which made sense strategically with that strong right-to-left play. But he's got to be able to hit that level four depth on the board and let the bag do its work, moving right to uh, right to left. He just couldn't find it. Humans struggled with the same thing. Now, Humans throws more of a true line to the hole. He's got a slight right to left, but much, much less drastic than you see with uh, with Tony Smith. 
He couldn't stop it from going left. He threw 32 bags in that final, 10 of them left of the hole. Now Jimmy's an elite-level bagger, and what's he going to do? He's going to go step out, and he's going to go try and rescue. He was able to pull off a couple of sweet left-side rescues, but ultimately he, he couldn't risk rescue that often. Um, Tony Smith's roll bag, gone. He was 0 for 6, rolling bags. He kept, If he wasn't short or if he wasn't left, he was short. Human's airmail, gone. He was 0 for 3. He couldn't hit airmail. And then just the opposite with Hogan Trzinski. They were firing on all cylinders. Block game, good. Back block game was fire. Hogue hit both his airmails, uh, and he hit two clutch ones. They were kind of those backside fourth bag airmails, you know, where he collected or drug one-on-one. Uh, Trzinski was three and one in his airmail, really a dominating performance by Hogan Trzinski and, and dominating in that you're not going to see it in the stats. You got to really kind of analyze the game and break it down to see where they succeeded. Uh, we should mention now this, this was another odd one twice. Now Hogan Trzinski end up in a final and they get stripped of their go-to bags to, to meet the bag compliance. So they had to throw a backup set in the, in this open. And then it happened Trey out on the ESPN stage. Uh, they had to go borrow a set when they made it to the finals. So kind of becoming their theme. If they make it to the finals, chances are they're going to get stripped of their bag. But congratulations on those guys. 27-6. They ended up winning that final. Just just kind of rolled. I guess it works for them. The, the last yeah. Bag just give them any, any bag. They're going to do well. <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't work, it'd be a problem. Uh, women's singles. Cheyenne Renner took first, followed by Cameron Belvin in second. Senior singles. We had Greg Collins in first ricky jernigan in second and for our advanced blind draw we had nelson coble and tony smith in first and jimmy humans and jermaine king in second so any last minute or wrap wrap up thoughts on any of those divisions happening on friday trey i uh, just got to give a, a quick shout out to cheyenne renner with the win she becomes uh she ties christine papke for the most women's division event wins of all time with nine so yes we are seeing our two awesome. Uh, I hate this term, but goats of female cornhole kind of, uh, I would say, old ACL, new ACL kind of going head to head now here. And so I think the, the betting favor is for Cheyenne to take that um, and run with it. But I know Christine Papke is not going to let her go that easy. <laughs> Anthony, you got anything to add? Uh, just a last-minute comment on Maya Cup. I thought she threw extremely well in women's singles. Uh, that match between Cheyenne and Maya, go back and watch that one. It was money. Um, just, just a filling-up hole kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah, congrats to Maya. She, she threw really, really well. Just just ran into Cheyenne Renner, who got hot in the end. Yeah, totally agree. All right, it's time for Morton's Corner. Mike, come on and join us for the show, please, and we will uh, be excited to see what you got for us. Welcome. Hey guys, welcome back, Trey. We missed you. <laughs> nah, no, you didn't. Don't lie to me, guys. You guys are you guys are happy to have a house to yourselves. You just, just, yeah, just right. rip it. Well, the cat's away, you know. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, and Misha, I got your back. I, I know, I know that you hit that record button, um, and, and you just wanted us to have a a dry run of the the opening segment. We, we need that's a right. But I wanted it to, I wanted it to be authentic and real, so I had to make you think you were being recorded. I know you you, you <laughs> oh, know yeah. exactly what's going on. <laughs> All right, well, well, guys, um, you know, thanks for having me again. And I, I want to start out. Um, I don't want to spend my whole segment on this. And you guys covered um, what happened in Rhode Island very well. But there's a, a few players I just want to real quickly shout out. Just high level observations. Hats off to Hunter Thorne. You guys mentioned it, but 
you know, what a huge job to, for him to, to uh, have a strong performance out there coming over from the West Coast. Um, hadn't really heard his name for quite a while. I was very happy to see his name up there uh, taking down a bracket. So hats off to Hunter. Um, another player that I thought had a very quiet performance. Now he's local to us or to me, so I pay attention to him a little bit more. Berkeley Pears had a little bit of a slow start to the season, in my opinion. Um, I, looking back just a week or so ago at his various tournaments and how he's been doing, and his numbers have, have just been off. It hasn't been Berkeley lately. And he he came through with a super strong performance in doubles with Mike Ferreira, and then also he made a really deep run in singles. So a quiet performance, but I was glad to see him get back on track, a very strong performance. Um, Mike Ferreira, Trey. <laughs> Mike's going to be thrilled to hear some love from you. He's been he's been that guy saying, hey, look at me, look at me for a little while. And uh, he, he did a great job. So hats off to, uh, to Mike. And then um, – Are Jimmy Human's dogs back? <laughs> <laughs> no, those were Tony's dogs. Oh, that's right. They were Tony's dogs. They were, yeah. So um, – and then also uh, the last one, I, I want to – you know, call out Jacob Trzinski. I watched some of his matches. I was following other ones um, statistically. Um, you're right. It don't always show up in the stats, but he put on a uh, absolutely dominating performance. Um, I kind of attribute the same thing you did, Trey, to, to the long gap there for, you know, well, that and Ryan Smith was, <laughs> was tough to beat. But anyway, a strong performance from Jacob. And, um, you know, Jimmy and I, we talked about it on the show last week. He, he was kind of you know, playfully putting me under the microscope for putting Jacob in the top in my top ten thus far in the season, and not Jimmy. So uh, he, yeah, I, I feel bad for Jimmy. I know he wanted to show out there. Um, I don't think his season's over yet, but my hats off to Jacob. He had a super strong performance, and I think when you look at the first two nationals of the year, there's. You know, two primary events at each at each uh, pro national singles and doubles. Obviously, we've got other events, but singles and doubles. Jacob has entered four national events for those primary events, and he's won his bracket in half of them. He took a singles bracket and he took a doubles bracket. I think he's the only or one of only four players to take down two brackets. I, I could be wrong on that. But anyway, then he comes out this weekend and, and just he beats whoever you put in front of him. Um, we'll see if he can continue for the rest of the year, but he's made himself a rookie of the year contender at my book. So that, yeah, that, that was my, my quick two, two to three minutes on, on Rhode Island. Now it's been a little while since we've, uh, really dove into any sort of stats in a deep dive nerdy sort of level. So are you sure? I, I think we do that every episode because Mish reminds <laughs> us how boring we are. <laughs> Well, I got I got some new stuff. I got some new stuff here. So we're going to we're going to talk about some stuff we haven't really talked about before. All right. So I'm going to ask all three of you and, and I'm going to put Mish on the spot first. OK, great. <laughs> Who do you think now? This is singles only through two nationals. All right. I, I only was looking at singles performances at the first two nationals, just calling through the stats, looking at various things. Who do you think? has been the hardest player to win a round from. So they're, they're, you know, we now keep track of rounds, win-loss percentage. Who is the most difficult player to win a round from? Who's been the most stingy? Do you have any guesses, Michelle? I mean, I guess I I just want to go Matt Guy just because 
He's my okay. guy. Trey, any you got a different direction? Or you want uh, to stick? Josh Holland. Josh Holland. Okay. And uh, Anthony, what say you? Yeah. So win around. Um, Doesn't matter if you I, win it by one point or six points. Yeah. Just number of rounds, one percentage wise. Yeah. So we're looking at positive DPR people. I mean, you've you've got two approaches, right? You got players that could just outhole you and win by high PPR, which is where I think Ramesh is going. Or you have those players that could dirty it up and squeeze out a half a point or a point. Hardest player to win. Ooh, that's tough. Um, I like Alex Rawls. I like Alex Rawls. Okay. Well, coincidentally enough, you guys hit the top three. Number one is, is <laughs> wow. Josh Holland. Josh Holland comes in. He's winner. Only lost, he's only lost 20. <laughs> back, baby. <laughs> uh, Matt Guy is right on his heels. He's only lost 25.42. And then just by a fraction, Alex Rawls comes in third. He's only lost 25.45. So, so you know, those guys are only, they're only losing about a quarter of their rounds. That's that's just it's tough to squeeze out a round win, let alone an overall game win from those guys. All right. So so moving on to the next stat, we talked about how, you know, the, the people that's hardest to win one from. Who do you think and this is more of a straightforward stat? You could probably cheat if you were fast enough. Who do you think wins the most rounds percentage wise? Because I was a little surprised here. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, there's surprised. a hint. It's not chalk. It's not chalk. Wow. Is anybody? Uh, I'll go in reverse order. Anthony, anyone reach? You know, jump out at you to think uh, maybe they would lead the way in rounds one percentage. Man, if it's not chalk, you just kind of confused me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying they're not a great dominant elite player. It's just it's not the players that we just discussed. I'll tell you that. Alex Hicks. Okay. All right. Uh, Trey. I'm going to go out on a limb because I think I looked at a round lost percentage on somebody and it was exceedingly high. And I'm, I'll say Ryan Windsor is up there. All right. I think Ryan Windsor is having a really good season, but he's giving up a lot of rounds. He's scoring a lot, but he's giving up a lot. So that's, I don't think he's number one, but I'll say he's number one just for the sake of the second. Okay. All right, so if we were playing Family Feud, Mish, the number one answer is still on the board. You have a stat oh, Um, I don't know. I guess since we were talking about him, I'll just go Jacob Trzinski. That's a good one. That's a good one. Wow, I like that's, that. That's actually the first X. Jacob is not on the t- in the top ten. Oh. Um, Alex Hicks sneaked in at number ten. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Windsor comes in at number six. So your your top five in rounds one percentage are Eric Davis, who's won almost 50% okay. of his rounds, 49.44. Okay. Brevin Valdivia, 49.34. And then yeah. Mark Richards at 48.12. Kevin Smith and Cody Henderson round out your top five. All right, so why is that? all the players you just listed have a good have diversity in their game you know they could they could they could lay a block they could go chase the hole if they want to so yeah uh, is that a trend you're seeing you know i don't see a matt guy up there or a, or a holland who's just going to run bags all day is that, is matt that a guy by the way 84th wow 
84. That doesn't surprise me, though. Now, what that tells me is to some extent, and you can probably analyze this in a few different directions, but what it tells me is that him being ranked 84th means that he doesn't win a lot of rounds, but the rounds he wins, he does really well. He gets big frames. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I will tell you another uh, interesting. I don't know. I'll disagree. I think it just means that he's washing a lot. Well, and that's it's not that, as if. Mm -hmm. I, I bet if you looked at rounds played, I bet rounds played, Mac guy maybe number one. Yeah. And that's, that's why his percentage is so lower, is just because he washes and mm -hmm. washes and washes with people. Well, I, I will tell you another person that I found he has marathon games. Yeah. Yeah. Another person I found interesting was Matthew Morton, 15th place in rounds one percentage. And I think of him as a gambler. Uh, um, I'm going to get a big frame or I'm not going to get anything. I would have guessed he would have been at the tail end of this list, but he's actually in the top 15 for number of rounds one. So I, it's, it's leaving me head, scratching my head a little bit on some of these. But yeah, I bet. I bet someone like a Mac guy or a Cheyenne Renner, they're going to be, you know, their, their rounds one percentage may be super low or lower than what you would think, but I bet their opponent PPR is high, 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 because they don't have extraction. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. get a lot of 12, 12 yeah. washes and 10, 10 washes. I think right. that, I think you nailed it, Trey. It's if we looked at how many rounds they've washed, I would expect them to be first, second, third, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good call. All right, so I'm just going to race through the next one. I'm not going to have you guys guess. I'm just going to tell you because it's kind of related to these two. I I did the uh, the rounds one loss gap percentage. So that is your win percentage versus your loss percentage and who who wins a higher percentage more of their games. Um, Mark Richards comes in at number one. He's got a 22-point gap between his win and loss percentage. And then we've got Josh Holland and Ryan Windsor and Eric Davis. Are your top four there? So, so what is that telling you? What, what does that mean in uh, terms that we could understand? Again, what what I what I kind of instinctively want to go to is they're winning a lot more rounds than they're losing. Um, that only tells part of the story. It doesn't tell you how dominantly they're winning those rounds by. It just tells you that uh, they maybe they're very strategic players. I don't know if that that's a takeaway here, but they win way more rounds than they lose. So does that mean they're giving up big rounds? You know, does that mean that they win around, win around, win around, and then they give up a big round? It certainly could be. I, I think if each one of the players would need a deeper dive to explain why they are where they are on there. But I think there's probably only two or three trends that would tend to emerge as we start to, to learn these stats and dig into them a little bit more. So um, the, the next one is um, just quickly, I'm going to go through net points so net points we you know your ppr is figured out by your total points scored and then dividing it by the total rounds thrown net points is just how many more points you scored than the other guy oh yeah that guy for sure we talked about the marathon oh, i mean he's 40 wrong. rounds what wrong alex ross has scored 209 more points than his opponent has so it's essentially wow. oh, then your, then, oh, then your opponent has. Sorry, I was taking net, like yeah. total points. Yeah, yeah. right. So right, then right. you're no, taking um, okay, net. My bad. So you're saying so it's essentially taking DPR and multiplying it by your number of rounds scored. Yes, that's another yeah, way yeah. to get to the same ranking. So yeah. Alex Rawls is number one. He's got a net uh, plus two hundred nine. Mark Richards net plus one ninety two. 
And then Matt Guy comes in at uh, plus 170. The way the only reason that gets skewed is because Matt Guy is going to play less. Alex yeah. Rawls lost mm-hmm. early in uh, Las Vegas, lost his first game, and came all the way back into the winners bracket final. Yes. So because he advanced or into the final, so I think the only I think that one has a little bit of a skew and a flaw though because Rawls made it all the way back there after losing one. You're absolutely right. So that brings me to the next stat, which is net points per round. So we have okay. never talked about something like this, but it is simply your net points that we just talked about divided by the number of rounds you've thrown kind of tells you how effective you are per round. Isn't that Mark, just DPR? No, it's not. Uh, Mark Richards has a 0.8 net points per round. Actually, you're right. It might be pretty close to it, Trey. It might be pretty close to it. I was going to say, the only thing I can think of is – no, it's got to be – that's that's literally just DPR, is it not? Total um, points scored minus opponent's points scored. I got I, him, Anthony. I backwards engineered my way into that stat. So <laughs> you are right. I can't get one past Trey Ryder. I'm two for the two, last, baby. Vacation made me sharp. Trey's the on last fire. One. Oh the my last goodness. One. And this and this one is this one is a new one. I I don't know what to call it, but for the moment I'm calling it PI performance indicator. So the average PPR in the pro frames um, or pro games so far this year at the nationals as a 9.25. So if you take a player's PPR and subtract 9.25, that basically gives you, you know, you're above the average PPR. So if you take that and add it to your DPR, I come up with a performance indicator. So when you do that, Matt Guy, I forget the exact number, but he was, I think, at like a 10.8, give or take 10.7. So if the average was a 9.25, then he's automatically like a, a plus 1.55 for PPR. And then you add in his DPR and you get his performance indicator. So he leads the way with a 2.13. And I think this kind of shows how dominant his performance has been in singles this year. He's at a 2.13. Josh Holland's uh, PI is a 1.79. And then Mark Richards, 1.56. Cody Henderson, 1.5. So Cody Henderson, of course, being a little bit uh, of an anomaly. LOL at Cody Henderson in his stats. Yeah. Just like LOL. Yeah, he's but. an anomaly primarily because of that first national of the year where he lost his first two matches. And even though he threw over a 10 in both matches, his stats looked great, but his performance finishes weren't great. So anyway, that's your that's your weekly look at the uh, the nerdy side of the world. Mish, you give me a hard time about talking awesome. too much. I think Mike, we'll Mike appreciate wins. That. He, he's the latest. He's the longest. <laughs> you're right. So no, true. you're not wrong. Nobody argued with that. Uh, speaking of which, we got we to gotta say goodbye to you, Mike, and roll into the next segment. So thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Thanks, Mike. All right. We got, we got two opens this weekend. So it's double the trouble here. We got the ACL Canada preview coming up, and then we're going to go through the Sacramento one. But let's uh, talk about Canada in Niagara Falls in Ontario. Uh, We have a good amount of teams showing up there. Trey, any quick thoughts on what to look out for for Canada? 
Yeah, Canada, I mean, a couple different ways to look at it, right? All right, who's going to win, right? I think when I looked through the registration list, the power team was Jordan Power and Jimmy McGuffin. Yes. I think that's, that's the team that's going to that's, that's be scheduled to win, right? But then let's peel back the layers. I think really what this is about is identifying, let's go big picture, right? Really blow this out. Who is going to challenge the United States for the first ever Olympic cornhole gold medal? Right. I mean, maybe I'm getting a little bit bold and a little bit forward thinking there, but that's at least how I look at it. So when I look at some teams to look out for, I think Dean Lang and Brandon Brown have shown already at the PDC level that they're some of the best and they're going to, and they're going to really challenge um, some teams down the road. And even this week, you know, this weekend in, in Ontario, I think the other one, uh, Jamie Cowan and Bernie Portalesi, I think Bernie Portalesi, when I talked to Doug Coombs, he says he's the best player in Canada right now. Okay. He says he's the best one. So watch out for him. He's been on a red hot streak recently, and he expects him to make a really big run. So it's it's really the Canadian players of will they challenge some of these pros in this? Will they defend their home turf? Will they do all the mm-hmm. things that they need to do? I think that's going to make it really exciting to watch uh, this this weekend in Canada. Can't wait for that that Pro Canada exhibition where we pair some ACL pros and some Canadian pros together. It'll be fun. Trey, I'm just going to add to your your Canada comment. So I was fortunate enough to meet. You mentioned Dean Lang, Michael Nilazarek. Um, got to meet him as well. This was out in Myrtle Beach when we did the U.S. Open. They kind of, it was kind of inspiring talking to these guys. I mean, they're, they're so positive about the game and the growth in Canada. You can't help but kind of feel that excitement for them, just about cornhole in Canada in general. I think this will be an historic moment. I mean, I'm pumped for our Canadian counterparts and the U.S. players who are going to be part of the event. I think they're going to be a part of something kind of special to kind of start things off internationally. I agree, and I feel conflicted because at the same time, there's an open in my hometown here, not my hometown, but where I live in, in your hood. Sacramento. I only have to drive an hour and a half to get there. <laughs> so this is great news for me. Um, but yeah, we got the Sacramento open. I know quite a few players on this list, but I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. So what are you looking at here, Anthony, for our sack town? Yeah, so we're, we're, yeah, we're in your world now, Mish. I mean, I'm really interested to kind of see how the heavy presence of Cali kind of stacks up and shakes out. Gilbert and Thielen, you know, a top a top of the chain uh, in Cali. Um, they're going to split up a little bit. So Gilbert's actually, he got the call from Trey Birchfield. Uh, Trey <laughs> saying, hey, you want to team up? So he ran I that by team, Thielen. Right? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So he ran it by his partner, which he should. He got the blessing. Uh, Thielen's a solid dude. He said, hey, this is an opportunity you shouldn't pass up. And it's not the first time I've been impressed uh, with Thielen. He just seems like a solid dude. Thielen picked up a partner he's excited to play with. So interesting note that a strong power Cali team is going to kind of break up. But you got like a, a Nate Voyer who went out and got himself a good partner in Josh Holland. I think they'll be an interesting partnership. They're both going to run bags. Um, for those who don't know Voyer, I think he has a cool kind of a practice situation. If you haven't seen it, kind of his live streams. He's a sixth grade teacher. And he will, you know, when the classroom clears out, you know, whether that is lunch or recess or whatever, he will set up boards in his classroom. He's kind of moving desks out of the way, and he's got this diagonal thing go on, um, but he's working hard. So I think that would be a great opportunity for him to bring his good stuff when he's teamed up with a top player in the world uh, in Josh Holland. So I'll have to see how it shakes out. But, Mish, what do you think about 
Ballard and Brunson. I'm kind of excited yeah. about that. I, I was going to ask Michelle. I was going to ask her. <laughs> I'm excited about that one. And honestly, um, Devin Harbaugh and Danny Borja, Danny Borja, the owner of the Together We Throw, the hat you're rocking right yeah. now. Um, that's going to be a good team as well. Uh, Trey, what are you thinking? I'm still okay. Uh, you know what? Actually, you know, this is what I need you to do, Michelle. I need you to go in the other room, get Nick, bring him in here so I can ask him about Ballard and Brunson because I just know he's, he's just home. like, <laughs> he's not home. He's working. Oh, but no, yeah, I, and so, honestly, um, Adrian's Adrian's dad too, Anthony, is another powerhouse. Um, him and Schroeder teaming up, another great team. So I mean, yeah, I'm I don't know which way this is gonna go, to be honest. And it's a smaller open. So so uh, what I'm interested to see is, and it's the last one before the pro shootout series starts. I think that's part of the reason was too. They go, okay, it's right up against when the pro shootout series starts. I'm gonna travel to all these different shootout open combos. So because it's small. I legitimately think this is your last opportunity to see a non-pro win singles. I said okay. at the beginning of the year that it yeah. wasn't going to happen. And I think this is the last opportunity, last legitimate opportunity to see an amateur player come in and win. The problem is you got to go through Josh Holland. You got to go through Trey Birchfield. You got to go through Corey Gilbert. You got to go through Nate Boyer. Nick Williams and Andrew Labrador, they're kind of defending yep. their home turf. So yep. all these things going on and, uh, you know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta go through them all. Um, I'm interested to kind of watch, uh, Adrian Brunson a little bit more. He's, he's one of those prospects that I think is, is, is gonna, um, you know, be, be interesting to watch how he plays in this type of event. Um, wasn't he the state, was he the state champion last year? Yes. I he was state so. champion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, Birchfield, Birchfield and Gilbert. Um, I want to say Voyer and Holland are the favorite, but I'll actually go Gilbert and, and Birchfield and say that I think they're, they're probably my favorite yeah. uh, team coming in that I, I would have the highest expectations for. So that's, that's who I'm, I got my eye on. For sure. Awesome. I am so excited. We'll be there. I'll be there with the girls are two booths. So come say hello. If you're going to be in sack. All right. We also have to get ready as if we didn't have enough exciting things coming up this weekend. The following weekend, we have our bag brawl or May 6th through 8th. The following weekend? I don't even know what the date is anymore. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about our <laughs> it's all running together. Uh, we're going to talk about our bracket preview um, and we're going to go into doubles first. So we're going to start with bracket A. So, Anthony, give us your thoughts on bracket A for the bag brawl coming up in uh, Salt Lake City. Yeah, if this bracket was on like a, a talent scale, it would definitely be tipping to the right side, a little bit heavier on the right side. But the theme for me in this bracket, I mean, it's go time for a few of the teams in this bracket who need to drop a bad performance. So remember, every team is going to get to drop their worst if they attend all the events. I mean, look at like a, a Ryan Smith and an Eric Anderson. They need to drop a 29th place. Their path is likely going to be through a Ferreira Cassidy, then the Malone Johnson, they're due for a good run. They need to drop that 29th. Last year, our top 10 team, Gus Gustafson and Bernasset, need to drop a 105th place finish. So their path is going to be through Sims Gross and then a Graham guy in game three. They, they need a good performance to help kind of replace that 105th. And then if we went over to the right side, you got Cody, Anderson, uh, Cody Henderson and uh, Adam Hisner. They got a 45th place finish out there. 
uh, and Misha, they're going to have their hands full um, in round in that round. They've got a Lopez and Richards in there. But again, it's a go time for a couple of those teams need to replace those bad finishes. And here's an opportunity to do it. Yeah. What do you say, Trey? Trey, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think when I look at Jamie Graham and Matt Guy, the, the, the methodology I have now is who's going to stop him, right? Yeah. Who's going to stop him? So let's look at the path. I don't really see a legitimate team that can stop them until you get the winner of A.J. Sims, Josh Gross, and Steven Bernasette and Tom Gustafson. The problem is Gustafson and Bernasette can't beat Graham and Guy. They just cannot can't do happen. it. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're now Malone and Johnson have shown they can already do it. So that's a team coming out of that bottom left-hand quadrant that I has the potential to do it because they've already done it. Then when I look at the left side, okay, I mean, sorry, the right side, I think the two teams, I, Lopez and Richard Henderson and Hisner, when are we going to see Henderson and Hisner get back to where they used to be? I'm seeing, some talks from Cody Henderson on Twitter that he's kind of getting back to enjoying it a little bit more and having some fun yeah. with it. And I think it got a little too overwhelming for him, especially with this new batch of rookies coming in. Does that make a difference for them? Time will tell. So Richards and Lopez, Henderson and history would not surprise me if that's like a bracket semifinal on that right side. I think either one of those teams is going, could cause problems for Graham and Guy if they're not at the top of their game, but ultimately it's Graham and Guy's to lose. Yep. Going into bracket B, it seems like a similar kind of story with Trey Birchfield and Alex Rawls there. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, team to watch. Left side for me is going to be Schultz and Kitchen. Ranked 13 Ooh. right now. How? I said, yeah. I said it last week. I said it last week. A suspect top 13. I mean, if they're going to stay, if, if they stay inside top 15 after this Nationals three, mad props to them. But until then, suspect for me. Um, they don't get an easy run, though. I mean, let's let's ignore the seeds for right now. I think they get one of the worst seeds uh, in that game one. It ends up being a new partnership with Alan Rawls. Uh, an open singles winner in Justin Rule, you know, a, a show out from World. So I think they're going to be challenged right out of the gate uh, in Game One, and you know, a top ten, a top fifteen team could potentially get a, a first round loss in, in that in that bracket. Frank Modlin in the roster. I mean, he's fresh off a of hip replacement surgery. What's crazy is he got better after his last hip replacement surgery. So now he's going in doing the other one. I'm certainly pulling for for Frank. I know a lot of people are to battle back. Uh, from the recovery. So it was really cool to see him on the roster for Salt Lake. And him and Austin tied for 13th right now with seven other teams. Uh, they do need a good showing to kind of lock up that, that top 10. In the right side, Ryan Windsor and Isidro looking to break a five-way tie for eighth. Um, they have to be really happy, though, Trey, with that lower quadrant of the bracket. I mean, the highest seed down there is Washington Stranger. After that, uh, Yak Yaklin and Still. So, I mean, certainly theirs to lose. I think they're the favorites. Um, really to pop off three wins in a row in that in that side of the bracket, ultimately running into Zockline and Halbert uh, in the, to 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 get the right right side moving into the uh, into the King State match. Yeah, uh, I'll get bold with mine. Um, uh oh, you know Birchfield and Rawls in that top left corner. I think they lose to Creek Killer and Foreman. 
Oh, um, I wow. think Free Killer and Foreman are coming out swinging. The odds are playing against Birchfield and Rawls. They've made two straight broadcasts in doubles. Okay, the odds are that they're going to lose at some point and not make a broadcast. Nobody makes every single broadcast. It doesn't happen. Okay, so um, I, I, I think Foreman and Creek Killer are coming out swinging. And because of that, I think it's Zocline and Halberts to lose. They've been in my hot take like seven times. I'm just going to keep doubling down. So I think Zocline and Halbert take this bracket. Birchfield Rawls, I mean, the, the thing about them is they're so good. So Foreman Creek Killer are going to bring a block dirty style game. I think Birchfield and Rawls handle that game so well. They're one of the few players in the league that can move back both directions, left to right, right to left. Their airmail is nasty, so I think that would be a really good matchup where you have one team trying to drop another team's PPR and then a Birchfield Rawls really just kind of hanging and dealing with a dirty style game, still scoring points. That's going to be a fun match. I would True, true, but Cree Killer slaughtered Rawls in that singles final. Slaughtered, slaughtered. It was, it was <laughs> dominating. True. It was so dominating. So um, That was under so the I lights, like that though. That was under yeah. the lights. Yes. <laughs> so it could be different. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. All right, let's go into uh, bracket C. Anthony, what you got? I love the left side of the bracket um, for Ruben and Powers. I mean, they got to be looking at that lineup going, hey, we're in really good shape. The highest seed over there is going to be Hayden and Dennis. Um, but but certainly there is to lose. On the, on the right side, are Harbaugh and King as good as their fifth place overall ranking says they are? I'm looking really, really closely mm -hmm. at this one. This is kind of the, the aha moment. Sitting at fifth. Do they continue that through this Nationals? Or do we see that 30-plus place finish that we see from a lot of top doubles teams right now, you know, kind of dropping them down, down the list? So excited to see if they stay in the top 10, closely looking at those two. This is my prove-it bracket, okay? <laughs> Jimmy Humans and Tyler Cobb, are you actually a good doubles team? Prove it. Prove Beat it. Jay Rubin and Jordan Power. Prove it. Okay. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Prove it. Okay. Jimmy McGuffin and Matthew Sorrells. Is this an actually a team that can work together and win some games and make a run? Fine. Prove it. Beat Damon Dennis and Philip Hayden. Mm -hmm. Prove it. Okay. Harbaugh and King. Okay. I like where they are right now. Hey, Joe Neistat and Nico Morellas, I keep telling everybody that you're a good team, but you haven't beaten anybody big yet. Prove it. Beat Derek King and Devin Harbaugh in that quadrant. Prove it. And finally, Storm Hogue and Jacob Trzinski, if you want to be a top five team in the world, win, win this bracket. Prove it. Okay? If you want to be the team that everybody is starting to talk about, if you want to be the team that the Northeast says you are, Prove it and make a statement by winning another bracket when everybody says, not everybody, but when a lot of people are saying maybe Florida, I'm sorry, maybe Vegas was a little bit of a fluke. Prove it. Like it. Ooh, called out. Called out by Trey Prove Ryder. It. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Prove it. Prove it. All right, let's go to, let's go to bracket D. Uh, Anthony, what are your thoughts here on this last bracket? Yeah, another teams to watch. I mean, Trey, your pops and Presley, the four seed in the bottom left. I mean, no one would have bet that they would have been a top 13 team going into Salt Lake. Regardless, here they are. I had a chance to talk to Presley in Atlantic City. I mean, the kid has goals. He's determined. He's throwing good bags. I got a close eye on them just to see if they can stay inside that 15. Um, but it's going to take getting through a, a Brooks or a Dotson or a Clemmer Jones in round two. 
my gut says they're going to lose that round two match, uh, but we'll have to see. I mean, it's just one of those things. Right side, Baldwin and Renner, um, this is their bracket again. I mean, it's not really stacked in that right side. They're going to get some resistance from like a Grindersleeve or a Batson. Misha, Grindersleeve, Batson, got to get going. I mean, they're better than a 28th ranked team. Uh, then, of course, you got Guy and Davis in the mix as well. Right side, I like Baldwin Renner versus Guy Davis uh, to kind of come out of that right side. What do you think, Trey? So <clears throat> I think that the spiciest take I have for this one, Brett Guy and Eric Davis, they better win that bottom right side of the bracket or I will forget about them for the season. I will no. do it. I will forget <laughs> about Eric tongue. Davis and Brett Guy. <laughs> they need Stop to freaking right win a quarter of a bracket. Or I'm gonna be, or or I'm got. They're done. I'm not talking about them as a doubles team anymore. They're gone. Okay. So they got to win that bottom right hand side of the bracket. Uh, other than that, it's the Hollands to win. I, uh, Hollands to lose. I think. Yes, Renner and Baldwin come come all the way through. I just think right now, Josh and Derek Holland playing too good. Facts. <laughs> well. Uh, funny that you say that because we are going to go into our hot takes. Was that your hot take? Was, was do you have a hot take, Trey? <laughs> I, I, uh, hot take. Uh, I, I'm just going to double down again. Zockline and Halbert win their bracket. Now that okay. I've seen the bracket, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm staying locked in. Liking that. All right. Okay. Anthony, Misha, I'm, Misha, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the open out in Cali. Um, I'm going to say, uh, first of all, we're going to get a Cali's doubles team to win that open. It's not going to be a half, you know, kind of a regional mixed team like a Harbaugh Borgia or a Birchfield Gilbert. A true Cali team wins doubles, and it's going to be Labrador Williams or Ballard Brunson. But you took half of my hot take. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going back. Actually, I got one little, I got one, I got a mini hot take about this weekend too in Canada. Okay, go ahead. Uh, my mini hot take is Lori Duell and Miranda Coy make Miranda the Coy. finals in the open part. I love it. I love Whoa, it. I love that. There we go. All right, go. That's I the Canada it. Open. So we got a, a Cali Open, Canada Open. Mine was Ballard and Adrian. I think they're going to be the biggest threat to a lot of these pro teams that are thinking maybe we got this round locked in and then they meet those guys and uh, it's a problem. So uh, I hope they take it all. That's that's what I'm I'm going for. But that's all we got time for today. Thanks, everyone. We got lots of cornhole this weekend. So get ready and we'll see you all next week.